This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to Opinion Booth, and my name is Sonia Booth. Today is World Ovarian Cancer Day, and last year in December, we lost a beautiful, bubbly soul to this dreaded disease. Michelle Mulatlo lived her life to the fullest, right till the very end. These were some of her social media posts before her death. The one that touched me. I am not cancer, and cancer is not me. The next one was, Dear Cancer, thank you for making me stop and listen and remember what's truly important. You can go now. Her third tweet, Cancer picked the wrong diva. Defy, fight, win. And of course, the optimist in her hair had this to share a few months before her death. In case you forgot to remind yourself this morning, your butt is perfect. Your smile lights up the room. Your mind is insanely cool. You are way more than enough and you are doing an amazing job at love. This was the kind of personality that Michelle Mulatlo was. I mean, despite the fact that she was battling this dreaded disease as we call it ovarian cancer she still found you know optimism and positivity and uh, she found ways to uplift other people when it was for us to uplift and motivate her a friend of mine was there for her best friend she was there for her from day one till her last breath she fully understands and fully comprehends the effects of, of ovarian cancer, how it ravages and brutalizes the human body. She had this to say, ovarian cancer, cruel and vicious beyond words, sneaky little bugger. It can go undetected until a late stage. I watched my best friend suffer terribly and succumb to ovarian cancer at the age of 44. She was extremely diligent about annual health checks, yet the cancer was not detected early enough. From September 2016, she was repeatedly treated with various medications for abdominal pains and an ulcer. In December 2016, her family went on holiday and when they returned, further testing was done because for weeks she had been in extreme abdominal pain. She was told after liver function tests and an, abdom an abdominal CT scan that cancer was found on her liver. It was in fact not the source of the cancer. It had spread from the liver. Devastatingly, it was metastasis. Biopsies later confirmed that it was through faith, prayer and laughter. The ovarian cancer was already at a late stage, but we stayed positive through faith, prayer, and laughter. She was treated with two sessions of chemotherapy, was in unbearable pain, and sadly did not respond to any therapy. Within nine weeks of being diagnosed, she passed away. And her last message to her, in sweet memory of my best friend, who was a woman of God and who found her strength in the Almighty. It is now time to introduce and welcome my guest. Her Twitter bio reads, Big-Eyed Shona Maiden, Sangoma, Spiritual, Fitness, Storyteller, Gogomoyo, Togoza. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. So, you are the only person that can 
best describe what you do? Please enlighten us. Okay. I am a Sangoma and I have been a practicing Sangoma for uh, nine years. And only up until last year was I a full-time working Sangoma. And I leverage over social media, hence the digital Sangoma exists. Okay, so in a nutshell, you are a digital Sangoma. Yeah. I mean, you're keeping up with the times. You know, they say reinvent yourself and stay relevant. I think it's, we'll be doing ourselves a disjustice if we didn't keep up with the times because for us to remain relevant, we have to always force to include ourselves. Others will fade away. We can't, um, go to a library and find books about ourselves or watch a video or anything that's high quality that has been intentionally put. In, uh, into mainstream So if you're not digital Then you can't keep up with the times It does not mean that you you trade Or practice differently You just involve And um, enhance the way That you work and expose yourself When did you realize you had a calling? Or you were, you were different? Or you were special? <laughs> I was born special I was born very different I could always see um, events That would happen before they would um, via my dreams So I'd always be that one kid uh, Amongst my siblings Who'd always have something to tell I remember one of my fondest childhood memories Was So I'd wake up in the morning And And then she'd figure out The number combination from my dream And she'd always win And we'd always buy those um, in celebration um, So that's one of the things That would always come out uh, for me a lot It kept up with me my whole entire life Until it just Became very aggressive in how it was presenting Itself to me and putting me in Harm's way and all those kind of things And I was always sickly Eventually my doctor told me I don't know what's going on with you um, Do you perhaps think you're a gifted child And I didn't know what that meant Until I went to go to a sangoma only then did I get to learn about myself and how different I am. Now, I, I know you have a partner. Are you, are you married? No, not you, married. Okay, so you have a, a life partner. Can we call him a life partner? Yes. I'd so like to he's a soulmate, so. yes. right? Yes, yeah. it is. So how, how did he and the rest of your family deal with your calling? I mean, I, I, I know that your, your mom would have picked it up from a very early age, but then your extended family, like your cousins and, you know, people that you don't, that don't live with you in the house that you don't get to see often. When they now, Realize the gift that you had I mean what was their reaction um, For the most part I couldn't even keep a relationship So my relationship came way after my growth Obungoma uh, And about, about my The people around me I, I think it was a culture shock More than anything um, You see how a child is raised Where they're raised How they live their lives And you don't Kind of, you're trying to match up how they end up becoming in society or in life as a child. And sometimes it doesn't always match up to what you thought your child would end up being like. So it was a, it was a shock for other people. And, but it was so very important because they got to realize that just anybody could be called. It didn't have a template of how a person is supposed to look like, where, the, where they should live, or even basic signs of what, what a gifted child is. So I think it also, it confused a lot of people and educated a lot as well. Because I mean, you told me uh, just before we went live that you were born in Santon, and I referred to you as a cheese girl. You know, I mean, <laughs> my sons were born in in a, in, in a Santon clinic, but you were born there and you were living there. You know, Morningside Medical Clinic. I mean, you're you're a cheese girl. So I'm I'm mentioning this because now to 
know that you have a gifted child and you're in the middle of Santon. That's, that's, that must have been very awkward for your parents because, I mean, you were not in a community where, I mean, I grew up in Pimville and we grew up uh, very accepting of uh, special kids uh, who went to initiation schools. I mean, you heard of nine-year-olds who had to go to initiation because their ancestors mm. were like, you are doing nothing else with your life, but you are going to accept our calling and you're going to go to initiation school and this is your journey and your destination or whatever you want to call it. Um. I think the beauty about the sentence part is I didn't get to be exposed or influenced by my surroundings. Um, I was born this side and soon after my parents moved to the East Rand. So I got, at our, and even in the East Rand, I didn't live Ekasi. You know, I was always secluded uh, from a lot of other people and other ways of living. And all I knew was how we were raised in my home and the Indian and white neighbors that I had. So... It, it, it became something that um, exposed me differently and taught me something differently. Because even then in our household, it was mostly Christian. We believed in God. We still do. But we weren't very avid church visitors. You know, like we didn't always make sure that on a Sunday we go out there. So we weren't very rigid in the way that we lived our lives. So I think also the environment that we ended up moving to allowed me to understand my gift differently. And then how do you deal with skeptics and people who, you know, just don't believe or understand your world? I think I've got two views on this. Firstly, is your opinion of me is none of my business, right? So um, however you decide to box me or name me, that still doesn't define who I am, how I lead my life and how I leave others feeling. You know, that's the most important thing for me. Um, I think also with me being a digital goggle, it's, it's, it's to answer such questions because you can only know what you're exposed to. You know, True. if you don't read, you'll only take and regurgitate whatever you're being told and fed. So the stereotype is, will always remain for as long as we are conscious and we're woke and we, we go out there to seek uh, information, then we can slowly change that. Uh, even in the small groups that we find ourselves in, you don't have to make a massive impact. Just change the people around you, influence them. That's how it grows. You know, it's it's not about the stereotype and, and how bad or evil or how unkept I should be. I'm human, I love myself and I love the people around me. I should take care of self. So now do do you find people who find it strange that I'm in at the tender age of twenty nine? I mean, I can't believe how young you are. <laughs> I mean, do, do, do you find people who are puzzled about you being referred to as a gogo because gogo is granny, grandmother. So now moving away from, you know, people knowing you as refilwe and then now they're having to adjust and call you gogo, you know, to those who don't understand the person that you are or the calling and the gift that you have, can you just, just briefly explain why we need to refer to you as gogo grandmother at the age of 29? Okay, there's a number of reasons and just to name a few is when you when I became a Sangoma, I as Rifilwe fell away. You know, the girl who wanted to be in IT and all the other stuff that was put on hold, so was my name and my identity. I had to take on one that represents the work that I do, the group of ancestry that I work for and serve, and that is how the name Goko comes through. And when you call me by Goko, you're not just showing that you're acknowledging me as a person, as the girl, you're acknowledging me and the people and the work that I do. So even in how you'll address me will be different. And it will lead the conversation because you can't say you know or those are different you know you can't address a person outside of 
you know who they are it's like like high-fiving your pastor or something and, and just greeting them there's protocol to everything it allows the way and flow of conversation and yeah that's in essence uh the reasons why you'd call me a coco otherwise yes i'm very young to be a coco i know <laughs> and you look young as well i mean and, and you're not dressed like a typical typical sangoma i mean if it weren't for the fact that i know the the colors of your beadwork. beaded you know the beadwork around your wrist and around your um neck and i, I'm, I didn't see the ones on your legs you, you don't have those no if it went for me being away and you know having some knowledge about your world uh I wouldn't, I would, I would have thought you were just matching your jewelry to that beautiful red dress that you're wearing. <laughs> um, you know, the way a Sangoma presents themselves is also very much tied to the kind of gift and calling they have. There's something I call an ancestral image where in most instances you'll dream about yourself dressed in beadwork or in cloths or in animal skin or even in your regular clothes. But the calling is there, the abilities and talents exist. But every time you see yourself like that, you're never a loud or very obvious figure of of something. It's always in the hidden messages and how they relate to you and how you're called. That's what I believe um is Obungoma, you know? And also because you don't know, this is actually an ancestral cloth that I'm wearing on my head. It looks very stylish. Exactly. You know, so it, it, you don't always have to be a cut out box of something. There's no template to Bungoma. It's very unique. It's very special to each person who has the gift. So it'll be very sad if I if someone said you look like a cock of this and I'm like, oh, but that like, uh, that's not what I'm going for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So each to their own. Yeah. So now please share some of the, you know, the challenges you've experienced. I mean, we all know there's perceptions and misconceptions around healers and the so-called witchcraft doctors. Mm-hmm. I think, um, when it comes to that, there's good and bad in everything. You know, you need to know on what side of the fence you're going to sit. You cannot sit in the middle, you know. Um, and obviously when you've chosen that, then you know how you're going to trade, how you're going to help people and influence the world. So um, it's also very important for one to understand that challenges are going to come, especially in the form of Uzlozlako being new to your body, being new to your family, being new to you, like as a concept altogether um, because of how you were raised and how you grew up. Um, some of my challenges were I did very badly in school, you know, and not because I'm not a smart girl, but that was just not my time to be in school. In my mind, Uzlozlako was in a different kind of school. So that's why the calculators and the pens did not work for me. Um, and also another challenge that I found later on in my life was in university. Um, I started getting very sickly and I'm a very active person in terms of sports. So that's where I trended most of the time on the sports field. I will, I will leave you behind by a trail. You know, that's me, but everywhere else I couldn't keep up the same energy focus or, you know, thrive as well. So later on, that's when I just having started getting these sicknesses. And then eventually after that, then I found out that I had the calling. And now you, you mentioned something very interesting, which leads uh, to my next question. I mean, because we know that, well, not, not many people know this, but your gift was bestowed on you by your ancestors, correct? That's correct. To help and heal others. Correct. However, there is no denying that other Sangomas and prophets, whatever name that they use, mm-hmm. use those gifts for witchcraft, voodoo, black magic, black signs. What leads one to switch from light to darkness? I think there's one word that can highlight everything and that's power. 
you know that's you wanting to have power over a situation wanting to have a power over somebody you know that's the only time that you would feel compelled to carry on with something that's not natural in its sense you know and anyone who's willing to cross that line in any form whether you're a banker and you deal with cash on hand it's power you always want to be better than the version that you are now or you always want to like there's I don't know what term it is but when a filmmaker makes a a view of somebody from the bottom looking up to make them look superior and you know and and better and stronger that those kind of influences are what causes people to want to always use buloyi witchcraft influence over other people but the unfortunate part is one thing I know is once you've crossed over it was like shia so you, 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 your, your ancestors that would have uh, bestowed that calling upon you or given you those gifts would would abandon you. That's that's essentially what you're saying. That's because that's not why they gave it to you. Ex- that that's not what your powers or the gift was intended for. It Never. was intended for you for know light, light yeah. practices, wellness. Aha, uh-huh. I like that healing more yes. importantly yeah. because we 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 need a lot of healing. <laughs> you know, a lot of people need a lot of healing. I mean, you look at the newspapers, you look at the front pages, you look at TV. We are Sad. a sick nation, yeah. and we need a lot of healing emotionally, physically, and every other way. So now you hear of young children mm. who are gifted. Mm. It is also believed that young innocent souls can pick up on negative aura and people with ill intentions. What is your advice to parents of kids with extraordinary? Gifts in the form of visions and dreams I mean we're talking I mean you have young kids as early as a year Even months You know a few months old Who will you know act very strangely But then if you dug deep enough You actually would um, uh, find out or realize That they actually have a gift of some sort Okay um, I'd like to address this to all parents Whether you have a gifted child or not Um, Because all children are gifted in different ways. So when some when a child shows you who they are, let them, you know, let them have that freedom to introduce themselves to you and not come out the way you wanted them to. You know, let that child show you where their uh, strengths and their weaknesses are. Allow them to have a personality of their own because from that you'll have acceptance, you know, because you'll be aware of the truth of this child. And how they are So when you have acceptance It takes away most of your inhibitions Towards this child It puts you more on a supportive and guidance t- side of, of, of things Because once you allow your child to be who they are You'll know how to support them If you don't accept them You'll always clash If there are certain truths that have to be revealed Within families for a child's wellness To exist and happen to, For this child to move forward Tell that truth It's uncomfortable for parents Because we've got many secrets but you're not helping your child either. So what's the point of parenting? Sure. That's profound. So now tell me, I'm going to ask you, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you something that, that needs to be asked. So during a consultation with a client, was there ever a time you had a vision of the impending death? Did you tell them? And what was their reaction? Not of a death. Something but, negative, like but, something terrible. Yeah, I, I remember there was a lady who came into my practice and she, she was expecting a child, but this child wasn't going to live long, um, even in the formation of the nine months. So I had to let her know of that. Um, the sad thing is that she was trying for a long time and still then 
when she was elated about her catching, it still wasn't the one. So that was one of the difficult um, uh, information that I had to share. But I was then able to assist her to then fix her body and how it reacts to um, having babies. And she eventually did. Wow. Sure. That must have been heavy. Incredibly. Because, I mean, I'm sure you have dreams and visions of something. I mean, even close friends and families. All and the time. Has there ever been a time where something is so terrible that you cannot bring yourself to telling that person? I think, um, okay, one thing I also want to add about Ubungoma is it has nothing to do with me. I'm just the vessel. So I should get over myself. I should forget how I want to be seen or ex- whatever. So if I get a message, no matter how bad it is, I'm told to pass it on. Sure. They don't tell me for my own sake or for my own info or FYI. No, it's a message that's supposed to be relayed. And that's the difficult part because they are also then seen as someone who is part of the problem. And you're telling me this, you're not helping me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm only there to deliver the message and it becomes difficult. It's easier with people that are further from you because they can take that message and never see you again. But for people that live around you, it, it sometimes like takes away from the, uh, the relationship because they don't still know which side you're on in terms of their, their overall happiness or their state of being. Now tell me, if you had visions of a client being bewitched, mm. would you reveal that person's name? No, that's very irresponsible because people's emotions are not the same and how we handle conflict are not the same. So if I'm going to be just oust the person and then the other person goes and causes an inferno at their house, I would be responsible for that. It's different if it was Lako. If you ask it was Lako to reveal whoever's the one that's troubling you, then they show you via dreams. It's more personal. It's in, it's between you and your dreams and it was Lako. It has nothing to do with the other person. So it really takes away the emotion of it, you receive it firsthand, you get to know how to deal with it. Even the sensitivity of how it will be delivered will also guide you in how to feel about it. Because I'm sure, because then knowing would lead to a, a revenge a of reaction. some sort. Is yes. that what you're avoiding? Of course. Conflict and an inferno as you've alluded. Okay. So now, on a lighter note, mm. Queen Mojaji, okay. known as the Rain the Queen, Queen. <laughs> is rumored to have powers over Mother Nature. Would you encourage the city of Cape Town to consult with her? Yes. And collectively. And and you believe that Queen Majaji, the Rain Queen, would make it rain in Cape Town? I believe that where there is faith, nothing else can exist. If we all believe in something and if we pray with intention and everything of ours, we do very expectant of all things positive, I don't see why not. The question is, will we try? Okay, so now you've just stated something very interesting. Why haven't you, why haven't, because I know there's something called the Traditional Healers Association, am Mm, I wrong? mm, mm. Why haven't you, you know, come together? Because I know there's been prayer sessions on the mountain, Table Mountain, I think, uh, uh, early this year for bishops Mm. to all pray for rain. Does it, does it have to be preachers and traditional healers in that particular area or in the vicinity? Or can traditional healers around the country congregate wherever they are to pray for rain, for example? I think we all can from our little corners. So why hasn't that happened? It's a movement. 
if we don't have a leader or someone or a group that actually says on a particular day, like a national strike, there's announcements and everyone is happy to stay away from work. Uh-huh. So if it works that, the same. It would be the same movement. Otherwise, in my own practice, I've got a day full of people I need to see. I don't know about what's going on in Cape Town in terms of a mass prayer session. Aha, uh-huh. I hear you. I hear you. So, so you, you can also form your own, you know, Most definitely. A prayer, prayer sessions. It's for- like when there's a typhoon in North Korea or something, we pray for Korea. It's the same thing. We send messages to where the affected area is. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So someone asked this very interesting question on Facebook the other day. Some Sangomas claim that they can help you win the lottery. If that's the case, why aren't they all billionaires? That's the first thing I ask if someone asks me. If you want me to give you a bag of money, can I get the same too while I hand this over? You have to go back to doing your customs and practicing your rituals and your following up on your family history, finding out what's specific to your name, your, you being a namesake of someone. You doing the actual work behind the scenes, then you'll get the materials. And money is part of the materials. Hmm. Okay, so I guess you're not going to be giving me any lottery mm, numbers. Sorry, I'll uh, give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was, I was trying my luck. You know, that's the reason I mentioned oh, this because I was really hoping you would give me the six numbers. <laughs> so now, when I was younger, yeah, younger, because I think I'm, st- I still look you young. When I was great. younger, <laughs> so when I was younger, as, as as I've told you, I lived in Pimble in Soweto, right? Yes. And we heard of stories of mermaids mm. living in the rivers and dams. Mm. And there was also a rumor years ago that Jacob Gelechegi Sazuma oh, yeah. has mermaids inside <laughs> that infamous fire pool. Is this far fetched? I don't know I think maybe he has the spirit of But not a f- tangible uh-huh. That's what I think Because when you and I are going to go there We're not going to see anything uh, Therefore his eyes only That's what I'm saying So if there is something It's a spirit of But not the actual thing Okay, explain that spirit off because I've heard a story of mm. a very powerful businessman who has, t- who at night takes the image of a crocodile. He's a very, very powerful businessman. Oh, and wow. apparently this creature helped to hide the actual businesses that made him money. Uh, and the rumor was that he was involved in drugs and mm. this crocodile that he had in his house was hel- helping to hide him from, you know, uh, capture Being, by oh, the wow. police or um, to hide his money laundering and all that. Is that also like stories that are just being told? That, that sounds like Uktwala. Please explain that to people who don't understand Uktwala. I mean, and tr- firstly, translate Uktwala into English the best that you can. Uktwala is to... It's almost like, you know, when you go to a Halloween uh, party, you have to dress into a costume. Yes. You can twala by going into Freddy Krueger's body. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's almost like you have the spirit of Freddy Krueger with you. Yes. That's Uktwala. So it's yes. almost like you... It's like a... I don't know how, how would you put you, it in You're English? taking an image of, of an emin, animal or something. Oh, yeah, whatever. A creature. An animal or creature or anything that you feel has power, has relevance over whatever you're trying to achieve. Then you use that, the spirit of that thing to do negative things or bad things. Cause knowingly, a spirit wouldn't just come with you unless if you had light, then it'll come on its own. You wouldn't have to call it or summon it. So uh-huh. now because you're keeping, it has to be, Kept under duress and used negatively But that soul would 
maybe show its family members or something that it's struggling. And that's how you'd know that that person that we thought had passed on has not really passed on. They're still struggling in the physical world because they're still being used in the physical world in terms of spirit. Aha, uh-huh. what's the word for that? It's not istunzi. It's no. tutsela. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't so, even yeah. know what that is in English. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> English, so English is not loyal happens. sometimes. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you know, because sitting here with you, I mean, I'm I'm getting flashbacks and stories of, of when I was growing up, and it, you know, growing up in a township, township life is a very colorful life, and you yes. hear of the most absurd and the most bizarre stories. I mean, you hear of businessmen, for example, who. Twala use using um, an animal, let's say a lion or mm. whatever, and you find that their businesses thrive beyond anyone's, you know, imagination. And then that person passes on, and then it be, it's believed that when that person passes on, and if that creature doesn't have another body to occupy, then you see all these businesses crumbling, and then the business is no more. Also, Ugtwala does not mean that it stays on your physical being. Aha. Uh-huh. It could be in a bottle of water or whatever. Aha. Uh-huh. So even if I pass and I'm the person who's owner of this thing, what it means is this thing will still need an owner. Or there has to be an actual ritual to set it free and let it go back to where it came from. I see. Yes. Otherwise it's gonna cause Otherwise it's re- going to cause havoc. havoc. Yes, and then usually when that person has passed on, their surname falls away and the money's Fall, you know, they disappear because there no one kept on with nurturing whatever. it. Yes. Okay, so it needs nurturing and it needs to take instructions it's from. Fed, yes. Like if it's a lion, how how do you know a lion to be aggressive, a protector? You know, it's the king. So you also take upon those characters. Hmm. So now you pass, and then this thing is sitting there, and it used to be doing X, Y, Z. It's no longer getting it. It's going to retaliate. Where it is. Sure. What don't forget risk. it. Don't forget it's still fighting. It's not there happily. So when if I pass and I've still got this thing, it's still an unhappy per thing. If whatever it is, it's still unhappy because I kept it there, and so it's now, going to unsettle exactly. the entire family until that's until. And you with. can find that there's a series of family deaths, one after the other, at the same time of the year, or they go in pairs, or they, they'll create whatever it is. But it's, usually it's man-made at the time. Sure. Hmm, that's wow. that's why it's important. For you to be very mindful of your family history. What kind of people existed in your family? How, if there were Sangomas, how did they practice? If there were people that prayed for other people, what kind of churches did they go to? Follow the family history. Then whenever something is shown to you in a vision or a dream, that's how you identify with it. Hmm. Wow, I'm getting goosebumps. (laughs) So now, I'm sure you know about the movie Ingleba. Yes, I haven't seen it though. So I mean, it faced backlash. Yes. From All sorts of corners Mm -hmm. But mainly from traditionalists Mm -hmm. Who Mm -hmm. felt that the initiation process To manhood is Mm -hmm. sacred And should not be spoken about Or publicized Mm -hmm. Now is the initiation process To becoming a Sangoma taboo A topical conversation I think there's certain Like There are parts that you can Openly talk about But there's also parts that you cannot speak about Because then you're providing a user manual of a Mungoma and you should not do that. So the stuff that's been able to be shown, uh, maybe let's say, you know, and people are singing and dancing. That's in celebration. 
you can gladly show that. You know, that's us representing Badim Barona in however they represent themselves. But the parts that are more quieter, the more intimate networks, they don't need an audience. You know, others you take away from what's actually trying to be achieved. So if you're going to then expose that, you'll be robbing the experience of what that person who's going through this initiation process will be having to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got you. So now I want your opinion on the following. Mm. The first one, people who believe cancer is witchcraft. That's silly. That's ignorance. The albino killings motivated by the superstition that their, that their body parts used to make muti can bring about success in business. What's your opinion on that? No human part, body or item or anything can be used for muti and provide light. Triathlete Mthengi Gwala was attacked by three men who made attempts to amputate his legs with a chainsaw. Some believe his legs were going to be used for muti for other runners to compete and win races. Your opinion on that? That is absurd. It would have never worked. They just harmed someone for no reason. The posters circulated at traffic lights claiming to bring back lost lovers within 24 hours. Your opinion on that? I am not an advocate of bringing lovers back because they left for a reason. If you're going to force them back, then you are basically a kidnapper. Mm, Sure. Wow. That's profound. Rumor has it. Bafana Bafana won't succeed until they pay the outstanding debt accumulated from rituals performed years ago. Apparently, a soccer boot was buried into the ground and the Sangoma won't retrieve it until his full fee is paid. Your thoughts and opinion on that? I say pay that person because we're doing badly. That must, <laughs> this must be true. <laughs> So you, you, you wouldn't take up the honors and, and pray for them or try and recover that soccer boot? So that I can try recover it, but do you know how many soccer stadiums exist? I would have to, I don't take years of dedication to the finding this particular boot. At least if I had background of which neighborhood we're talking about, it'll help something, you know, it'll give some kind of direction. But no, I wouldn't take it up. So I think you've just confirmed that rumor that it's, a, that, that it can actually be a true story. It could. Okay. So you, I mean, if so there's you, something that I do with you, Sonia, on our own, whatever it is, if we do it on our own and I'm the only person that knows about it, and then I'm not going to let the, 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 the last lights go off for this thing to go off because you did not follow through on what we spoke about, I will keep quiet. Aha. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't okay. I keep quiet? So, so there is truth to that. I would keep quiet. Your opinion on the Illuminati? Mm, I think it's, the first word that came to my mind was dark. Only because of what I've also been influenced on. On the videos I watched. So I only know uh, a view or the stuff that I've read. I don't know based on being in a room of people who practice Illuminati and felt the energy for myself. So I only have an opinion based on what I've been exposed to. So I don't think it's something that we should really entertain as people, especially the gruesomeness of the activities, um, the how harsh all the rituals are, and it's usually affected on people. So if you're going to have a ritual, I think you should cut yourself and not cut the next person. That's what I think. Don't sacrifice a living person for why would you do that? It's a decision that you're making to join this cult, this movement. Go with yourself. Don't take anyone else who's precious in their eyes for you to sacrifice to gain entry 
tomorrow you'll be sacrificed. Then what was the killing for? Mm-hmm. So now most people believe the heart is the most powerful tool that can be used against somebody. Mm. Moreover, that you, if you put your mind to it, mm. you can speak evil mm. unto someone and bad things can happen to them. I agree. I know there's some people that have a gift of, um, Ilos Labo is so powerful and so caring and protective over their child that if you come and do something bad to them and if Baba Lingla or, you know, or your heart becomes sore from that experience, chances are it will play out for you too that a bad thing will then happen for you. So it wasn't intentional for the person. It was a reaction of what you had done to them. That's why stuff like that would happen. Uh huh. So now, talk to me about people who sacrifice their kids in order to strengthen their businesses for them to thrive. There was a rumor mm. about a businessman in Cape Town. I won't be specific mm. about the area because I think you might know who mm. I'm talking about. There's a rumor that all of his kids die or are on the deathbed because he sacrificed them in order for his business to thrive. Is that absurd? That is very, very a bad thing, but it exists though because... Let's say, for instance, I'm a big advocate of when you go to a matunani by the graveside, just clean and tidy up the area. Don't have a conversation or speak there. Because if you're my sister or I'm your mother, then I, I can already go to that particular graveyard and have a ceremony where I, let's say, buy that ancestor for lack of a better term. Then every time you go and speak to them, Bad things happen to you and I get enriched because it's almost like I'm keeping the spirit captive. Like it's almost like Uktwala. So when you do that, then it has a negative reaction on anyone else who tries to have access to that. I think it's something that's very, very disturbing. That's very, very bad. And if someone is going to feel like they're an owner or want to play God over people's lives, then I'm not for the person like that. Uh, you should not be enriching yourself or being a, a well-off person than other people, especially towards your family or sacrificing your family. Then who then are you attaining this wealth for if you're going to sacrifice that child? Isn't that the same person who's supposed to be adding another generation of wealth to what you've already created? Then for whom is it for? You're going to die. You're not immortal. So at the end of the day, whatever action that you decide or practice or ceremony that you decide to do, let it not harm the next person. It should never ever be done. If anyone is actually thinking like that, then they're already sick. Hmm. Now, can you share some of the most absurd requests or expectations from clients who have come to you and you look at them in the eye and you say you actually, you actually need to leave because this is ridiculous? I, uh, this is actually quite a, like it's very tiring because it happens too often and people feel, especially with social media, you feel like I'm behind uh, my phone so I can basically say anything I want. Um, so, You'll ask for, um, my boyfriend got a new job. I helped him get a new job, but now it seems like he's moved on to find other people. He's left me. I'd like you to make all his monies disappear and go away so he can come back to me. Um, or, um, I have, um, both my sister and I are pregnant. She's always ahead of me in other things. Can she not? Have her child. You mean like miscarry? Exactly. Someone comes to you to, for a portion. 
for the sister to miscarry. Yes. <gasps> and I'm like, but then how, where should wow. I even start? Like what items or tools should Blood I Blood sister. Yes. Wow. But it also goes back to as bad as you may think she is, there's someone in her family that allowed her to have this kind of attitude towards her sister. Where are the elders in maintaining the relationships of these kids as they grow up together? My goodness. Sure. You know, this morning I came across a very interesting article and um, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm. Um, I forget the title of um, the news article, but it said something along the lines of cash heists mm. and sangomas. Mm. There was a cash heist that happened or a robbery that happened at Bedford Center, I think, early this year or late last year, okay. whereby 10 guys went to the banking mall mm. And they were carrying AK-47s And two of them got injured And they found one lying on the ground And he had a small bottle next to his body Mm. And at close look of this bottle Mm. Glass bottle, whatever, plastic They discovered that it looked like Muti Mm. So now when they were interviewing some of these guys You know, this one guy did actually confess That he doesn't understand how he was captured Because they had been to the Sangoma Who gave them... Muti that would make them invisible when they enter the mall and when they enter the banking mall and that um if a gunshot ensued or you know shots were being exchanged between the security guards uh, from the mall and them they would be invincible or that the bullets would not penetrate their bodies that sounds like a dc movie uh-huh. So, yeah. Wow. That's being naive. Why would you think something like that is possible? I think also there's also quite a lot to to people that actually go to Sangomas because what are you trying to achieve when you go there? You know, how realistic are you being with what you're coming to ask for? That's why the media will, or the perception and stereotypes will always prevail because we are feeding into it. You know, what are you going there for? So if you want me to make something happen out of nowhere, then I will lie to you because that's what you want me to tell you. If I'm a, I'm not advocating for it, but if someone in, in a, in a corner somewhere hasn't been feeding their families for days and you come with something ridiculous, they'll take your money and they'll sell you a story because they'd rather feed their family because whatever you're coming with, you clearly believe it's enough to put out the money and say, yes, let's do this. It's not possible. Such things are not possible. Which ancestors are allowing and aiding in this thing to be successful? I want a bulletproof skin where I don't have to be struck by a rain of bullets. That's that's absurd. Sure. Okay. So now, how do people get a hold of you? I mean, you did say you're a digital sangoma and we're living in a very uh, digital technological world. Hence cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hoping that they were listening live to the show. If not, then download the podcast later on to, yes. to, to listen to this, <laughs> this wisdom that you, that you have. Feel free Thank to you. share your, your, your Twitter pages or where they can get a hold of you. Uh, tell them if they want to reach you. Cause I'm sure there's people listening who are, were too afraid to call in or too yeah. embarrassed and they want to remain anonymous, but they've got lots of questions and our time has come to an up. end. Okay. Yeah. I can be found. On YouTube, I have a series called Isasendumbeni, and it talks about everything cultural, Lubungoma, and being African, and under the name of Gokomoyo Speaks. I'm literally Gokomoyo Speaks on every single platform YouTube, Facebook, anything. 
even move everywhere. I'm Gokomoya Speaks, so you can find me there. And my direct contact number is 079-864-2894. 079-864-2894. Please text me. I'm very bad at taking calls, but I'll see your SMS. Aha. Gokomoya. Thank you so much Thank for you kindly. joining us on the opinion booth. Thank you. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth. Some of us believe in reincarnation. Some believe in the afterlife. Some believe in the higher being. Some believe in angels and ancestors. Some believe in fairies. Some believe in UFOs. And some are just non-believers. You just have to watch and listen to miraculous events that happen daily to acknowledge that something extraordinary, something phenomenal exists in our midst. And in conclusion, remember this. It is not possible to look after others and support others if you neglect yourself. Take care and look after number one. That's you. Happy Mother's Day to all the present, active, participative, dedicated, supportive, loving and caring moms for this coming Sunday and obviously every other day because we all know that Mother's Day should be every day. <laughs> so Mizi Somgagam Shongo said it best. I love my mom. Mothers happen once in a lifetime. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.